Hello everyone and welcome to your NASA weekly update for the week commencing Monday the 24th of October 2022. It's Gary here again and oh, I don't know quite quite the week our team have had eh. I'm not sure I can honestly remember or maybe I've just blocked it from my memory bank but I can't honestly remember the last time we struggled so badly at home twice in a week. I'm, I'm sure there was times back in the dark days post-2012 uh, where we did, but um, you know the, the difference this time was we struggled so badly at home and then we're also booed off the field in both games as well, which is a worry. Things are, things are quite clearly off the rails on the playing side for the team right now, aren't they? And it's, it's just painful to watch. I thought, I honestly thought the Liverpool away game would have been the turning point for us. We we defended very well. Everyone stuck to the game plan. The result wasn't a mess. It was two set pieces. I even said on the pod, I think we're going to learn from this. And it's not certainly not the way that I was thinking that it was going to turn after that. We've just completely tanked this past couple of weeks, past week in a bit anyway. And, and the team appear to be more and more bewildered and confused as, as each game comes up, I think. I think we've all seen this sort of scene before, you know, whether it's been Rangers or, or other teams that you maybe keep an eye on, you know, where the performances start to dip, the results get shakier and shakier, and then the overall team cohesion levels just drop to the point where we're just in an absolute spiral or a, or a tailspin, and, and that's where it seems to be we've got ourselves to. Now, I know that we have key injuries to important players and the players we've relied on so heavily over the, fa over the past few seasons are just nowhere near the best anymore. But what I was saying to a few mates after Saturday's game there was that we, we just seem bereft of of an actual playing strategy these days. And it appears that the Geo is just throwing players on and, and on and on and on and they don't appear to have been briefed on the role or they don't buy into it or they literally have no clue what they're supposed to be doing or what Geo's playing philosophy eh, philosophy <laughs> philosophy is supposed to be or it might it may be a combination of all of that I don't know but what I do know is that things are getting worse and worse and it seems like we're watching a car crash in slow motion right now with this current team I really really hope Geo and his team can can turn this around, but based on what I've seen in the what's that almost a year he's he's been in charge now. I just I don't know if he has what it takes to create such a shift in this squad that gets us back to basics, back to winning football matches, and back to playing to our strengths. I, I get I one hundred percent understand and get that he took us to the the Europa League final, and that was an incredible experience with some incredible performances contained within that run to get to the final. I also get that he brought us the Scottish Cup after, you know, 12 or 13 years of of um, not having it in the trophy cabinet, which was also terrific. But as you all know, our bread and butter is always the league. And and quite frankly, he's been, he's been pretty shaky in that department since pretty much the beginning, as far as I can remember. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how all this will unfold, but I do know where it's heading right now and where it's heading right now is we'll be looking for a new manager sooner rather than later if we have not already started that process who knows anyway let's get through the games as quickly as possible for this week we had two games as you know one in the quarter final of the league cup and one in the scottish premiership the first one was a 1-0 
win against Dundee in the League Cup quarterfinal last week at Ibrox and we, we got the 1-0 victory courtesy of a goal from Stephen Davis. The tempo of the game started bright enough but quickly settled into basically a garbage pattern of nothingness I guess is the best way to say it and I think we'll just leave it at that for this one. Positives, well, we're, we're through to the semi-final um, and that's that's pretty good. Uh, Red Van Yilmaz got some game time and showed enough to us that we have a quality player there and then consequently got himself injured although he was on the bench at the weekend which was quite surprising and we didn't have any other major injuries and, and some fringe players got some minutes so those are some positives. Negatives, the performance overall was just very very under par. The team is lacking a spark and, and appears to be creating less chances and we have all of a sudden became very very tough to watch quite frankly. On the referee watch, I don't recall Willie Collum doing anything annoying, so he's going to get a 7 out of 10. And what does that get us? It gets us a semi-final against Aberdeen at Hamden on the Sunday the 15th of January. Now, typically, confidence would be high that we would navigate this semi-final with relative ease and, and set up a final to look forward to against Kilmarnock. But the way things are right now, I honestly kind of shudder to think what sort of state we're going to be in come mid-January if current form is anything to go by. Time will, of course, tell, and I guess we'll just see how it pans out from there. Our second game was Saturday's 1-1 draw against uh, a home against Livingston, which highlighted a lot of the frailties that we have in our team right now, almost a continuation of the of the, the garbage then that, that we we witnessed on on, on the, the League Cup semi-final as well. And my understanding is that it's been kind of thrown around quite a lot now that, that we had something like 73 balls into the box, 73 crosses of passes into the box and we scored one goal. We had 80% of the possession, we had 14 corners, we had 16 shots on goal, albeit only three on target. And we scored one goal, and that goal was an injury time as well. So, I mean, that just, the stats just tell you that something is just not right. We got off to a very, very poor start with some very, very slack defending, uh, starting with an extremely out-of-form James Tavernier and ending up with us being 1-0 down after, what was it, three or four minutes, something like that, very early on. Anyway, and then we just endured 90-odd minutes of predictable, turgid football that saw us equalise late and had one chance right at the death which John Lundstrom just couldn't keep on target, should have done a lot better with that. If that was Tony Goals of a few weeks ago, that would have been 2-1 and a victory to us. But did we deserve to win? Quite honestly, I think we did, you know, based on based on the stats, based on, on the endeavour and stuff. But if you don't create enough meaningful chances, then your chances of scoring anything is drastically reduced. I mean, that's just logic. Now, what I do want to say here is, had, we did have we did win our previous four league games, so results wise it was going fine, but it's just more the drop in form and tactical strategy that's that's a more of a worry for me, as it stands right now. So one one was was how it finished and the boos were ringing out big time, at the end. So positives we got a point, and that's about it. That's about all we can say. Negatives are defending for the goal was crap. Our lack of quality. Depth in the squad seems to be coming to bite us on the bum right now. Our habit of continuously trying the same tactic. Obviously, we were trying the same tactic time and time and time again and not learning that it just isn't working. And then, you know, maybe making the, the, the ballsy decision to try something new. We just have an inability to do that. And then, of course, our inability to beat 10 men at Ibrox 
um, including our bizarre substitutions where Gio just brought on every single attacker that was on the bench, it felt like, and none of them had any material impact to, to the game at all. And uh, I guess the last negative is just our overall tactics, if there were any. On the referee watch, so for the first game with uh, VAR, I think, it, I think it went okay. VAR helped uh, upgrade boy's yellow card to a red card and, and while at the time I thought it was a wee bit on the softer side, if you go in with the studs up and catch the player, you're running the risk of a red card and that's the way the referee saw it, so that's the way that it goes. So other than that, I think the, the ref did okay, you know, eventually booked their goalie for time wasting. I would I would do that sort of stuff in the first half and then just go and and make sure that the goalies know that that stuff is not going to happen going forward. But as soon as as soon as they get the goal early, that's where the captain or some of the senior players should be having a word with the referee to say, listen, you know what's going to happen now. They're going to be time-wasting at every single hand's turn. Just you know, make sure you keep an eye on that. Not telling you your job, ref, but just keep an eye on it. That's exactly what I would do on the pitch if it was me. So anyway, that's that's just the way that it went. So anyway, the, the, the referee, David Monroe, I believe it was, gets a 7 out of 10 for Saturday's performance. <sighs> Sigh. Anyway, so two games this week starting with Wednesday's massacre in the making. Uh, UEFA Champions League fifth game away to Syria uh, and uh, Champions League group leaders uh, Napoli in a game that we need a point from to have any chance of, of European football after Christmas. It's a very, very tall order. I was hearing earlier today they have, on the weekend there, they won their 11th game straight, which is a record equaling um, feat for them. So I'm sure they'll be desperate to try and go one better and do to us what they've done to us and everyone else in the group and just smashes to smithereens. So, uh, I don't know, this one is a 3pm Eastern Standard Time kickoff. That's 8pm UK and with the way that we're playing right now, our overall team conference and with who we're playing and where, I think it's going to be a huge, huge task, a huge task not to get our RCs handed to us again. So... One, however, of the many great things of being a Rangers fan is that we we get to go through this emotional roller coaster or an emotional tumble dryer or whatever you want to call it, and and you know go from the depths of despair that we're kind of in right now, you know, in the, in the aftermath of of a couple of really dodgy games for us, and then start to build up our enthusiasm and start to build up our anticipation, and then I guess we'll see what happens on the night. Who knows? Napoli might not care so much anymore about the Champions League after securing qualification. But even then, I fear they're just too strong for us because if they were even to put out a, few, uh, uh, you know, a team of kids or a team of second stringers or whatever it is, they're probably still better than us anyway. So I guess we'll just see how that goes. But this uh, Champions League campaign has been... Has been very very difficult you know that the money is the only shining light from that and, and a couple of experiences to get a wee bit excited now and again our second game is at home to aberdeen on on saturday and that's a 10 a.m eastern standard time kickoff 3 p.m uk time <clears throat> and you know you have to be honest and and think that this is a must win for Giovanni and his and his team. Aberdeen are now in third spot and have, have won their last two games. So as usual, we'll, we'll get a tough game from them, like we like we always do, whether it's home or away. And if we continue to play the way we've been playing, that will not bode well for the team and most likely not for the result either. Or 
potentially for the tenure of our existing management team. And normally I'm excited for these games, but I just can't help but have a wee bit of a knot in my stomach for what might be on this game. Like the Napoli game, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You kind of never quite know what you're going to get from this Rangers team these days. So for RTV from, from the last week, eh, no issues that I know about. So another successful week for us overall, which is always great to see. For shoutouts this week, I I just I wanted to, to firstly mention the sacking of, of Steven Gerrard by Aston Villa after less than a week in charge last week there. And I don't I don't mention this to, to gloat about a former manager losing his job, nothing of the of the kind. For for regular listeners, you'll know that I was extremely, extremely disappointed in the manner that he left us in November. He basically lied and then sneaked off like a thief in the night and you know that's not the way that you do things and I think I'd mentioned at the time even when Graham Souness left he did it through the front door and he held a press conference he explained what he was doing he explained why then we can agree or disagree that's okay but at least we know what happens but just to sneak away the way that he did and then just leave it all to to supposition maybe he was informed to do that by the existing board maybe there was a non-disclosure agreement maybe there was something in his contract or something like that but come out and say that just tell the truth and, and show the fans a wee bit of respect he chose to do none of that anyway that's history and 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 time heals mostly all wounds and, and all that sort of thing but i mentioned the sacking as a reminder and mostly a reminder to myself to be dead honest that very, very few managers go on to massive successes after leaving Ibrox and, and leaving the, the club. The, the draw of managing in the in the English Premiership, of course, I, I understand that. Access to more funds for transfers and being closer to home all seem like rational reasons to, to leave Rangers. But I wonder how he feels now, um, as I'm not 100% sure where he goes from here, to, to be perfectly honest. He had... One trophy in three and a half years at Ibrox, albeit he, he built the club back up to to, to help us get to, to kind of where we are right now. And then to be sacked within a year after flopping at a club like Villa, I'll, I'll never have anything other than gratitude to him for delivering 55 in the manner that we did just such an incredible season. And I do wish him well when he's back on TV studio punditry shortly, but I can't say too, too much more than that as appears that his replacement at Ibrox, who was widely lauded and welcomed when he came in after Gerard left, may be succumbing to the same fate here shortly if he doesn't turn things around. I hope not, but that's not looking too good right now. So a shout out to, to Stephen Gerard. I do wish him well uh, going forward and uh, we'll see what happens in the next chapter of his career. And finally on the shout outs for this week, I did want to extend our sincere sympathies on the passing of Rangers legend and Hall of Famer Jimmy Miller who passed away last Thursday. Uh, Mr Miller lifted three league titles, five Scottish Cup and three League Cups during his 12 years at the club and scored an incredible 162 goals in 317 Rangers games. So for any striker in any team to have a goal every two games is very, very impressive. So so congratulations to him and thank you for that, of course. And, and I'd just like to pass on NASA's sincere condolences to Mr Miller's family and friends. On the convention update for this week, I can officially confirm that it's 234 days and 33 weeks until Toronto Midtown hosts the biggest bash of the overseas Rangers calendar. We're going to be in the 20 weeks thing before we know it. Well, literally, we're going to be in the 20 weeks 
time frame within three weeks, of course, or I guess three, four weeks would that be? But time is absolutely racing by here. Uh, some significant progress and updates uh, made in the past week here, which I had been kind of threatening, or let's just say promising, for the last wee while, where we now have the convention hotel out for booking for NARSA membership, which is which is great news. And as I, as I mentioned, our typical process is we open it up to NARSA members, and we did so on Friday, and then we'll open it up to the rest of the world. Now, we were planning to open it up to the rest of the world today. However, one thing that has been raised to me by at least eight people, eight people that I counted since Friday, is that they are getting a message saying that there are no room availabilities for what they're looking for. Now, what I got back to them and said, that's most likely were sold out of the pre and post rooms already. And, and that's very, you know, very likely the case, which, I thought was the inconvenience and, and, I've, and I've been talking about that for a while now in terms of, of the fact that the rooms in Toronto are being so scarce for next year and they're at a, a real premium and we're going to have a real hassle being able to give everyone what they need in terms of, of room allocations and stuff like that. Now, I say that I thought that was the case because we got a pickup report today and a pickup report is what we get from the, the hotel, which basically how many rooms have been picked up is, is exactly what it is. So... I got the pickup report today, and that's not the case. That like there's there's still rooms left on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday leading up to it, and the Sunday afterwards as well. So I have a call arranged with the hotel for tomorrow to work through that with them. I was hoping the call was going to take place today, but they weren't available today. So that's just the way that it goes. So hopefully it's just what we typically experience at this time, and just teething troubles. And they were getting some people were getting mixed messages from the from the people in the call center when they were calling in as well. Frustrating, I know we will get this fixed and we'll get it a bit more slick. And we are in constant in conversation and contact with the hotel, and they are also trying to help us out with some sister hotels in the city uh, with with you know maybe pre and post rooms as well. So that's going to be a work in progress. It's actually literally in progress right now, and I'll share what I know when I know more about that. Should we need that? when we when we get to, to, to kind of looking like we're, we're going to be full at the, the Sheraton. The Holiday and Flight Centre do have their full packages for sale and, and I talked about that over the last couple of weeks and I'll put a, a, a link to that at the convention on the, the accompanying email from tonight on the blurb for the podcast as well and then you get to see what they have to offer. If you're coming from back home, just a reminder, they will do flights, they will do transfers to and from the hotel in Toronto, they will do your accommodations and they will do your event tickets as well. And further news on the entertainment portion of the convention is that you might have seen yesterday that we announced the flute band for Toronto 2023. And for this one, we have the Pride of the Rock flute band from Dumbarton. And the folks at Toronto Midtown were, were very keen on this band from the very beginning of their engagement with us. And, and just this past, past Friday, we managed to secure their formal commitment to attending. So so thank you to the Toronto Midtown folks and uh, to Stephen and Brian from the band uh, for persevering to, to make this happen. It's always nice to kind of mix it up a wee bit. I did see some some activity on social media asking about what happened with the Govan Prodi boys and and mostly everything we do from a convention perspective involves the, the host club. And the host club will be involved in, you know, their wish list for VIP guests. They are, of course, then putting the, the, the conference, uh, sorry, the, the convention, um, you know, packages together for uh, entertainment, for the DJ and the band, and also for the excursions that happen on the Friday. And we also give them input, of course, to 
um, to the flute band and as I say Toronto Midtown were very keen from the very beginning to, to try and mix it up a wee bit and give a wee bit more variety so nothing untoward in terms of the Given Prodigy Boys they will absolutely be back with us they are and I've mentioned this before the heartbeat of, of what we do from a NASA convention perspective and, and we'll be very happy to welcome them back that the band were were aware of of the fact that we were, we were pursuing a, another band for this year from from pretty much the very beginning of the conversations and and they've been they've been absolutely fine and great about it as well so nothing to see here on that one if anybody's trying to think there's any drama behind the scenes so yeah pride of the rock flute band and they are very very much looking forward to it so so are we in terms of convention tickets, we are in the process, as I mentioned the last couple of weeks, of getting these organised too, and we may have those good to go for this week. We'll definitely let everyone know uh, what the, the situation is with that. It's basically a case of finalising the cost, which I think we've we've got that nailed in now with the, the committee here, and then getting them um, getting the systems structured, the, the ticketing system and then the payment system as well in the, in the background so that we can get that organised. So I promise we are getting there, folks. And as I think I mentioned last week, that I, my desire at this time of the year is to basically get us to a spot where we hand over the reins to our guests and people book and people start to get excited and, and then we start to see the activity and then we can just go on with the, the actual planning of the VIPs and, and MCs and stuff like that as well. From a communication front this, uh, this past week, we did indeed get... I managed to get two winners for the competition that we put out last week for an evening with Archie Knox and Ian Ferguson in Lark Hall. And we asked both of them to provide a bit of an overview of their experience of the event. And one of them did get back to us, um, which was very, very kind of him. And here's what Johnny Mitchell said. I have been to a few of these events over the years and met many of my heroes from the nine in a row era. Ian Ferguson is one of my all-time favourite Rangers. And so I was delighted to win this competition and to be able to take my daughter along. She was born in 2000, so she can't relate to many of these players in the way that people of my generation can but she was still really looking forward to it. The fact that the event was being held in our new hometown of Lark Hall made it even better. The MC for the event was RTV's own Tom Miller. I really liked Tom and I thought he did a great job by asking Archie Knox and Ian Ferguson great questions that kept the audience captivated with the stories that were then told. Credit to the staff from Five Stars too for the way they arranged the seating. This then made it very easy for everyone to go through the photograph with the two guests. These were then put on their Facebook page during the event. We have a great picture together to remind us of our night. We had no luck in the raffle, but that's not that's nothing new for us. <laughs> Sorry. And thank you all once again at NARSA and Five Stars for the opportunity to attend a very enjoyable evening. Yours in blue, Johnny and Keris Mitchell. So that's very kind of them to, to say that, and I'm really glad that you had a great time when you were there. These events just look absolutely magic. I would be all over that if I was back home. They just... The events are the five stars are putting on, and you can see that they're they're putting on more and more and more as time goes on. Are are fantastic as well. On the memorabilia associated with the Rangers seventy two film that's been out now for a week or so, I did want to provide another wee reminder. Of course, that the memorabilia is out there for purchase, and 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 that should be a tremendous gift for Christmas for someone that you love or someone that uh, you like a lot and that would look lovely hanging on their wall, I'm sure. But what I did want to tell you this week is if you are purchasing the merchandise, you, you do get a personalised message on the, you know, basically engraved 
or, or emblazoned in the, in the kind of plate inside the frame. But you get to choose your personalized message after you've made the purchase. That will come in a separate email after the purchase is confirmed. We had a, an incident last week where that nothing happened during the actual you know, art of doing the, the purchase, of, of making the purchase. And, and you would think that, you know, there would be a box there to say, type in your message. It's done via email after the fact. So just to save you any angst, if you're planning to do that, go ahead and, and get that organized and then just know a wee bit more about the process. Okay, okay, folks, that will do it for this week. As always, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to listen. I wish it was better news all around in terms of the team front, but what can you do? Please do share it with whomever you think might enjoy it. And until next week, here's to, I don't know, whatever the team is going to serve up for us this week. And until next week, please do take care of yourself and all the very best. Cheerio.